Yo, yo. What up? What up? Yo. What up? What up? Hey. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Oh, uh, yeah, just leave your shoes over there. It's cool. Yeah, thanks. That sound cool? Yo. Yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. Main hip hop, main hip hop. Let us get this shit popping. Alrighty, Benny's crib, episode four, podcast version two. I'm very pumped for my next guest. We got Just Plain Jones. How y'all doing? This is a man from the DMV. He's now in Maine. Yes, sir. Killing it on the scene. <laughs> and uh, I'm very excited for him to be here. How are you today, man? I'm doing good. I'm chilling. It's a beautiful day. I'm doing music stuff. I can't complain. Mm, that's love. That's love. Um, the first question I ask everybody is um, pretty simple. What is your first memory of hip-hop? First memory of hip-hop. So <clears throat> I'm apparently old now. Um, and I remember I was in like middle school and grinding just came out like that. Yeah. Um, we were in the locker room and cast was doing that on the walls and stuff like that. And older cast were like freestyling. And I was like, I can do that. I spent the next like two and a half weeks just like rapping and rapping and rapping and trying to figure out how to do it. And cause I'm mad competitive and that's how I got into rapping. What year was this? I don't even know. I was seventh grade, so yeah. I, hella long ago. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Seventh grade, yeah, but probably like I don't know, twelve, thirteen, something yeah, like that. About that. Hell yeah. I mean, I feel like there's something about that grinded beat that just makes everyone everyone <laughs> rap over it. Yo. It's just that Pharrell effect. Oh man. And you grew up in the DMV, right? So yep. this, this is in the DMV at this time. Yep. What part of the DMV? So this was Montgomery County at the time. Like, mm-hmm. I was, like, right outside the city. Um, Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. Sorry. I, I always talk like people know that. I mean, as you I, should. Yeah, it's, that's your home, you I know? Mean, cool. yeah, yo, Moko, hey, don't judge it by logic. He's from Gaithersburg, and, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. So Maryland, and then I moved out to uh, Frederick, and I was just all up and down uh, in Maryland. So, mm. What are your biggest takeaways from growing up in the DMV? multiculturalism isn't a bad thing like um where i grew out where i grew up there was cats from the city and also there was cats like so let me take a step back like i'll tell the story we simultaneously had cats going to go-go's in the city like go-go's dc's like music going to go-go's in the city while other cats that i hung out with had like tractors that they bring to school like take your tractor to school day i was like right on the line between rural and city so like I learned a lot. If you hear my music, like a lot of it is influenced from a lot of different people and a lot of different stories. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like crazy stories that just pop in your head when you think back to your time down there? I mean, you must have a lot, I imagine. So it's kind of a pretty big question. Uh, yeah, I remember skipping uh, school to go down into the city and see Wale for the first time, and that was Nike Boots era. Yes, that was like that era was it. He, he had was, he was like the face of the DMV. Yo, he was at D, a, a store called DTLR. Like it was down there where all, everybody used to get their sneakers, and he was doing the mixtape signing. It was one of his for like it was hundred right. miles and running maybe or something. It like what? Yo, you actually know your mix? All right, word. Yeah, it was actually a hundred miles and running. And um, Ten Deep had a shirt that came out to celebrate that, and I got that, and I got the mixtape, and I was trying to get him to sign it. Like it was worth it. I got called out and everything like that from school. They figured out where I was. It didn't matter. I still was happy. You got to meet Wale. I did. What, so what, you probably like in early high school? In this yeah, time? I was a that freshman. must have been big for you. It must have been a big moment. Duh. His music like influenced the style that I rapped for a good six, seven years. He was just I want to even like, just take a 
early quick minute to just like give a huge shout out to Wale because I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did in the whole internet era. Yeah, like, he dropped the mixtape of Ninth Wonder right at the cusp of like the the digital generation. Like, yep. I put him, Cuddy. Even like people like Asher Roth, like yep. Drake, those motherfuckers did so much for the internet era that people don't understand. Like that first XXL cover, he was on it. Yep. Well, not the first one. There was the one that had um, like Joel Ortiz, I think, and there was a couple other people, and they took a year off. And then they did one in 09 that had Cuddy, Asher Roth, Blue, Wale, Charles Drake Hamilton. was on it. Drake declined it, yo. Did he? Yeah, Drake was going to be in it, but he or, I shouldn't say he declined it, but he wasn't on it. I remember him in a leather jacket with like fur on the he hood. He been on the XXL cover by himself, but he wasn't part of the freshman class. Huh. That first freshman class was, um, hold up, hold up, hold up. Did it have Mickey Fax in it? Mickey Fax, Currency, Kid Cudi. Um, it's the XXL 2009 class. Let me yeah. see. Damn. I could have swore Drake was on that. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I'm thinking back now. Uh, it had, uh, what's his name? B.O.B. was in it too. Did it have, uh, Charles Hamilton? Yep. Charles Hamilton. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so it's Wale, B.O.B., Charles Hamilton, Asher Roth. Ace Hood, Currency, Kid Cudi, Corey Guns, Blue, and Mickey Fax. Wow. That's one of my favorite rap covers ever is uh it's this cover of Wale, B.O.B., Charles Hamilton, and Asher Roth. And it's just like yeah. oh nine and we have no clue what the internet era is gonna you know, pop off and these guys each did their own thing. And the cool thing is like you have Wale, DMV, um I don't really remember where Asher's from. He's, he's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, he's from yeah, he's from Pence, but he's not from like New York. Nah. Hamilton's from Brooklyn. Yeah. And then B.O.B.'s obviously from Atlanta. Doing weird flat earth shit now. Who knows what the fuck B.O.B.'s doing. Yo, but, Asher uh, Roth was <coughs> a history teacher. I remember like <clears throat> I went to the big Sean tour. It was the Finally Famous tour. Yep. His album? Oh uh, no, the Finally Famous mixtape. There's Finally Famous one, one two, two, and three. three. Yeah. Which one was it? Uh, it was the Finally Famous. It was the one with Super Duper on it. That might be the third one. Super Duper Lemonade. No, Super Duper. Like, Whoa. there's Super Duper and there's Super Duper Lemonade. Um, that was the I am a super duper trooper. Yep. Used to the bottom scoop. But that one, mm -hmm. um, Asher stopped in on that tour stop in Baltimore. And he was just telling his story. And it was so dope. Yeah. Because um, going back to Wale, even to like keep it in the same era and keep it in the DMV, I've always thought that Wale's been somebody who kind of got fucked with just, like, crowd speak opinion about them you know when you go online and someone like says some stupid meme about somebody yeah. and they're like this person's canceled this person's something it's like yeah. are you like can you say that about somebody who's had like 10 years in the game put out albums put out tapes it's just like i don't think so and then like i said the ninth wonder tape i think attention deficits a very slept on debut mm. i think ambition um is like a good rebranding of him and it works really well with the mmg people like meek and rasa he was doing with right and then i even fuck with the gifted i think i just think everything that wale has done should get a little bit of like praise in its own little way. I will say Wale's biggest hindrance, and I and it's a lesson that I learned because he was ultimately talented, but like he did not know how to play the game. Mm -hmm. Like and like, what you mean by <clears> that? Like he got his 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 ego got the best of him at time. Mm. So like that's, he, a, that's fucked. That can happen to anybody in this game. It, it can because like you you're. You got people. There were points where people were saying like he was the next Jay Z in the way that he was rapping, like. That gets to your head, Facts. and sometimes you got to be like take a step back and understand that you can't shit on people, you can't do certain things, you got to like be humble and remain humble. Yeah, Wale was my favorite rapper. When I tell you, I know every word to every song on mixtape about nothing. Like, I go back to Facts. paint a picture, yeah. like, oh. exactly. Like, I know all the Wale mixtapes, mm -hmm. 100 Miles of Running, um, even before more about nothing. Oh my like, god, about, well, dude, mixtape about nothing, back to the feature, 100 Miles of Running. 
those three like really really show me some shit and then when more about nothing came out and the breakup song came out yeah Yo, that intro, that that uh, the I find a problem. Yo, the sample on that show, yo, getting up is hard, but moving on is even harder. Like, damn, Dog, man. that mixtape was crazy. Uh, shout out, shout out, Wale. Yeah, shout out the whole DMV. Shout, shout out, out Phil, Phil Day. Phil, dude, shine. Yo, all right, bet. Phil Day has been. He just actually put out a song with um Gold Link and Wale, but he been grinding since forever. So He's fucking. Legit, I'm still sick he didn't blow, but yeah, it is me what too, facts. Man. Uh, the whole DMV really like we, we can get into like a little DMV love, but I mean, I'm just mad impressed with the DMV right now. Like Corday, IDK, there's yo, so many dope people up in the yeah, DMV, man. but you know, someone from the DMV who we talking about right now who's killing it right now is just playing Jones right here. Yeah, so let's get back to you, my friend. Word, when did you start crafting your own music? Because you got the Wale inspirations, you got here grinding people banging on the lockers. When were you like, I want to put some shit on wax, I want to do some shit? Um, I was like 15, honestly, and um, I downloaded a bootleg version of FL Studios. It was still Fruity Loops, I don't even remember what version it was, but like I spent a whole summer like figuring out how to make beats because nobody else would do it for me, and so like. I didn't know how to make good beats or the kind of beats that everybody else heard. So I made the kind of beats that I could make and I ended up rapping on it. And that's how I like slowly started sculpting my sound um, samples from random places that I could find things and just like building the way that I did things. Do you remember any like of those early lines or like any like the subject matter you were rapping? Was it kind of just like rapping about rapping? You know how you are when you first start? Yeah, it was like, just like, I'm better than you yeah. are. It was, just, it was basically freestyles written down yeah. at a point. Mm. But. So um, you started off producing and rapping. Yeah. You play drums, too. Yeah. I've seen your live show, and the way you incorporate live percussion is pretty fucking amazing. Thank you, man. When did you get into the, the drums, too? Was that all at the same time? Was that pre? Or oh, like? I've been playing drums. My dad got me a bootleg drum set when I was two. Like, I've been right. playing drums so forever. Yeah, so not even just hip-hop. You've been, you've been a musician for most of your life. Yeah. Honestly, drums might be the best thing to start is to become a hip-hop producer. Yo. Because drums are kind of like, unless you're like, you know, Rock Marciano and you can just make fly shit without a drum. You need to have good drums usually. Yo, the way that I, I always say um, about drums is like, drums is the easiest instrument to get to the way that it sounds when other people play. Because like, with piano, you can't really like build chords when you're just starting. You can play hot cross buns all the fucking want. But like, mm -hmm. with drums, you hit a tom, that's what a tom sound like. Mm -hmm. You hit a snare, that's what a snare sounds like. Yep. So like, it's easier to be like, in that world early facts so. when um when you were doing all this like you know kind of back in early high school when you were getting fruity loops going and producing and rapping were there anybody else besides wale like were there any other early inspirations for you or was it pretty much just like local cats who kept you pop the cool kids i can't yo <laughs> thank you man that's another name i forgot to mention in that whole xxl like era of 2009 because the Bake Sale EP changed the game more than most people will ever understand. It's so sad that they're, like, relegated to, like, the history books of hip-hop when they were it. Mm -hmm. Yo, they were the coolest, like... Legit, they were the, cool, they were the coolest the, kids in the game. Yo. Their fashion, their beats. Like, I remember the first time I hired Black Mags, I was, like... I, I think I was a freshman in high school, so I was, like, just some, like, quiet kid in his crib in Maine in, like, 2009, I think. And I hear like pedal down the foot. I'm like, oh, what is this shit? Yo, hey. B drops. He's like, I got this '89. I'm like, what the? They're, dude, this the names too. Like Chuck English with an I, like not an E. English. Yo. And then Sir Michael Rocks Yo. or Mikey Rocks. You're like, who the fuck are these guys? The Mikey Rock song. Boom! I'm Mikey. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I rock like that song is like. 
there's a chapter in me learning how to rap. That's the song. Like, because I heard that beat. I was like, what is this? And I heard he made that all, like, on his computer, and he was doing I was like, okay, so other people doing this? I can do this. Yeah, shout out to Cool. I forget really that. Cool Kids, Cuddy, um, Wale, Currency, even Drake, Asher Roth. That, dude, there's some really important artists that people who think they might know a lot now, in the past couple of years about hip-hop, they'd be like, wait, what do you mean? Like, these people had that much of an influence, but yes. Like, I think Cool Kids even almost worked with Kanye at that time. Like, that's Yo. How, that's how influential they were. I got a thing that I've been talking to a lot of people about. Like, I'm worried about that, like, mixtape. Like, even going back a little further, I don't know how, like, deep into mixtapes you got. But, like, the Who Kids, the DJ Envy, like, oh, the yeah. old DJ you Envy. Mean, like, even, like, back to, like, the early New York, like, 50 Cent. Exactly. Those things aren't on streaming platforms. And a lot of things, if it ain't on streaming, it, it never existed for a lot of people. Dude. Do you think, like, these kids today even fucking know what Dat Piff is? No! How the fuck... Dude, do you remember going on Dat Piff waking up and seeing, like, the most trending tapes and there'd be some, like, fan-made compilation of, like, you know, an artist you like with, like, some pretty mediocre-looking cover, but you downloaded it and you'd find, like, three freestyles you haven't heard? Boom! Like, what the fuck is this? Yo, I will never forget... Yo, actually, take a step back. I will never forget when I heard the Carter... Not the Carter 2. Um, Dedication 2. Uh, that, the Canon joint... I remember I was in an AAU tournament. My nigga uh, got the CD, put it in a... We had CDs and shit. Uh, (laughs) Put it in the boombox and played that shit while we were like getting ready for AAU tournament. I was like, yo. So I'm afraid that mixtape era is just going to disappear because it's on people's hard drives and hard drives go or people don't have the CDs no more. Like there's a lot of hip hop history that may not ever get passed down to folks dude those mixtapes were so important like i just feel so lucky that i got to do that like i remember fucking downloading cushion orange juice yo like, i remember watching the love uh, the Ustream live this is some real ass shit. Yeah. i remember watching the Ustream live of mac miller um premiering kids like yo he was he was 16 yeah i, think I was at the same age as him I'm at, or i was 15 it was like late for me it was like 12 30 on like a thursday in the summer i had to work at Funtown Splashtown USA the next Word. day. <laughs> I'm staying up late, eating DiGiorno pizza, watching him. Um, I'm pretty... Uh, rest in peace, Mac Miller, first and foremost. Sure. And um, I remember, like, I think his mom was, like, there in the room with him, and he was, like, pretty, like, sauced up, and he was, like, punk because he crashed that piff because there's so many people hitting the servers for the tape. That's way more of a magic because you have to fucking hit down... You have to wait to get in, like actually in the site yep. you need to hit download hopefully you don't get reset again yep. all the flood is on the server and then you'd have to have it hit your, your um, download file open the zip folder if you didn't have um, if it wasn't zip sometimes it'd be like .rar yep, yep. you get that RAR expander shit to open that up put that in open up iTunes put that in iTunes hopefully my fucking computer didn't crash because it was so old and then I had to either put it on my iPod or put it on a disc now it's just like out at midnight did this it's like, yeah it's, it's cool don't get me wrong i'm all about the accessibility but like being that connected to an artist is like i mean, special yo the blog era was so like it felt like a community because mm. you like were in the comment section like it the same cats were in the comment section making jo- like and you'd see them like, they, like the person would see the comment and, yeah and he'd respond to it, be like oh yeah and then you're like oh shit oh like, shit I'm yeah part ex- of this. yo exactly like you felt like when an artist started popping like i remember when the chilling song came out for wale i felt like i had a stake Wait, in which that version the, the lady gaga one or the og version? the og one 
I it came out it leaked I was like yes my man got it's on the album's coming out Interscope's doing the thing like I felt a part attention of that attention deficit right yeah that was attention deficit Interscope picked them up I was like yes this is gonna be it what's we the, are a part of this what's the Gucci Mane song on attention deficit uh, what the fuck is that pretty girl yeah yes, pretty girls dude, yo I, I'm bumping, we bumping Wale today <laughs> we bumping Wale all oh day today oh my god yo fuck yeah that's so, a trip down man shout out um, so going back shout out the cool kids man so um when did, so you got kind of inspired by a wall and then you see like oh shit it's not even just people in my area doing shit like there's people in the Midwest because I think it's a I think Cool Kids are Detroit and Chicago right because yep. Chuck's from Detroit. Detroit but Mikey's from Chicago, Chicago. Yep. so that's a Midwest thing they inspire you so what so this is probably well we're looking back now oh nine it's probably like ten years ago now when you really started to like get into the game like yeah so I I'd even go back I, I'd even go back a little bit further I'd say like a solid oh set like. This is early, like two dope boys. This is like, uh, uh, what's the um the roots one? Uh, anyway, like two dope boys. All of those other ones. Um, Underground, no, UGHA. Yeah, like hip hop. Yeah, I think some other ones that were popping. Uh, there was a uh, uh, rap radar. Rap, it was like Ambrosia for heads. Yeah, yeah, like all of those, like yeah. early, like the blog sites. That's when I really got into it. I started pressing up my own stuff. Going to Best Buy, getting blank CDs, going down to the block, start selling it to folks, doing just like, yeah, hand to hand. Like, I've been rapping a long time. Hell yeah, man. When did you really feel like you started to find your confidence or your sound? Were you always going by just playing Jones this whole time, too? Uh, I started my first name, my first rap name was Black. Mm -hmm. Um, With a six? No, no, <laughs> uh, no, with a Q because I was corny as fuck. I know. Uh, this Black Poet, he's like a legendary um, New York rapper who did an album with. Primo, and he's B L A Q poet. So, I mean, you know, word. It could be cool. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> word. Um. But I the the name just playing Jones came because I wanted to open mic and I like I just started going by Jones. Um. Cat was like, "What's your name?" I was like, "Jones." He's like, "Jones what?" I'm like, "Just playing Jones." And he's like, "All right, bet." Up next, we got just playing Jones. I'm like. All right, word. I like that. Yeah. And I just kept with that. But shout out whoever did that then. Yeah, shout out random the, ass dude. The Whoever the MC was that night. Shout out that dude. Um, I started getting confident, honestly, after I stunk up a bunch of joints. Like, I forgot my lyrics. I had no stage presence, but, like, I kept getting back up. Mm. And after a while, people were like, yo, you just got to keep practicing. You got to keep doing your Is thing. You still in high school doing this time? Yeah. High school... Starting, I, I I went to Howard, so I started doing some stuff at Howard University and stuff like that, and just kind of building and learning how to be a dynamic performer, mm. and just like taking my licks. Did you graduate from Howard? Nope. When did you go there? What years? Uh, I went '09 to, I'd say '12. Left school to try to be a rapper. Realized I, it wasn't happening the way I wanted. Went back to another school and graduated. Mm. So. Hell yeah! So you oh, you got you get your degree. I got my degree. Shout out that word education. Do it. Mm. So when do you really feel like you did find your sound? Then like kind of what what time period was it after you graduated and got your degree? Was it was it the bright EP maybe or like yeah? So like bright, bright was. I was working through a lot of mental shit. Like I was mm. depressed. Like, I left school, didn't know what I wanted to do. I basically was hit with like, yo, music ain't gonna be it. So what is it now? Yeah, you so. Gotta I, eat. Yeah, exactly. So I just started making shit, and then I put Bright out. I didn't do any like press or nothing like that. I just put it online and mm -hmm. told people about it. That was 2017, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of like, oh, this is a thing I did just to kind of keep my mind sane and make music still. 
And then people were like, yo, you should come to this show. Uh, shout out Kafari. Um, he was a part of Jaw Gems at the time. He really? asked me to open up for them at a... It's uh, down in D.C. still, right? No, this is here. Oh, here? Wow. Yeah, I moved here 2017-ish, like the winter of 2017. I produced Damn. it in that, like... Three, yeah, four let's, weeks. Let's go back. So you graduate, you get your degree. It's probably like what, 2013-ish at this time? No, I, it was a while. I didn't get my degree till like 2016. Okay, 2016. So we'll shout out that. So you, you go through some shit, you're figuring out what you want to do, you get your degree, and you went down in um, school in DC, right? Yeah, I went down so, to school. And then um, what made you then be like, all right, like, I just got to get out of here? Like, what made you come to Portland? My old lady, my wife, she's like from Portland, and she was like, look, I'm going back home. I've got a job. You want to come? Come. If you don't, I don't know what this is going to be. And I was like, yeah, I ain't got nothing here to be to do. Let me just make this move. So I moved up to Portland and tried to say I'd make it, make it work, figure it out. And so it must have been hard to come here in the winter, man. Dog, this place is tough in the winter. It's not good for your psyche, especially no. after you like don't know what you're gonna do. You Seasonal come depression is a real thing. I experience it every winter, man. It's but. hard. So. That's actually what Bright is about. That was me working through my first winter here and like making shit and just writing shit and putting it out to just have that kind of solace because it was something that I've done my whole life. Damn, that's respect that um you use it almost like as a, a therapeutic and like expressional type of project because I'm in the same boat, man. I'm 25 and I uh, like was mad depressed and anxious after college just because you have this whole like climb and then peak your whole life and you get gassed up from everyone. It's just like, best four years of your life and like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I don't want to think about this shit. I just want to live in the moment. But then there's that moment that will hit you where like, you're like, oh fuck, like I got a degree. Yep. And I'm here. Yep. And I'm either at my parents' crib or I'm still like in the same area where I grew up or even like I'm in a new city alone. Like, this is fucked. <laughs> like, this is weird. And yeah. you have to like, be your own parent and like yeah. hold your own hand and like figure shit out. Facts. And so I think for a lot of us, like that's when I created Rhymebeat. Like I was in my parents' crib in a haze buying domains and registering my, my blog and shit. Like, yeah. And you're in the same boat. You know, you're up in Maine now. You're like, dude, I'm in a new area. It's cold as fuck. I'm not home. I'm an adult now. What the fuck do I do? And I think even calling it bright is a beautiful token of like maybe where the future can go. Like if this moment's a little rough, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, at least post this it'll be a little bit brighter yeah so it is respect to that that um i don't know you just you understand how healing music can be and i think that project not even um for you as a like a healing thing perhaps it was a a good showcase of just where your talents are rooted like you know your themes your production your hooks your singing um and of course your verses so how do you just feel looking back at that project now um i am happy that i made it but it, it it's almost a time capsule like it, it definitely holds a lot of the emotions that I was going through at the time you feel the same emotions if you play back to some of the tracks at times especially like if it's a dark like a gray day like I can I can tell I, I can pinpoint the day that I made some of that shit like I was sitting on my mother-in-law's couch when I made the intro mm. like with my headphones on and the laptop in my pocket uh, in my lap like making that just pl- playing chords on the damn keyboard on my computer so like I can see the things and like some of them aren't exactly happy, but I'm happy with the way that it turned out. And mm. like, now that's that's important, right? Like, it's it's one of those like real things about growing up is realizing that sometimes sad shit, if you look at it in the right perspective, like is kind of happy. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying like we're not like three crowns in a box. We're like every crown in the box. Yeah. Right? So you have to have like the sad crowns to like have the full spectrum of all the crowns. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yo, you, you preaching like. 
a thing about adulthood that nobody ever tells you is like being able to face adversity and understand shit can be hard, but also understand that's not the only way that it's going to be forever. Facts. Like, you know, after the storm, that's when the flowers bloom. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's and you just, just got to hold on and like keep telling yourself, if I keep working and I keep, you can't sit still. You got to work. You got to point right. some kind of direction. Mm. But if you keep going in that direction, at some point, the sun going to shine. At some point. Facts, man. There's this great quote on Dr. Dre album. It might be by Jimmy Iovine. I don't know who says it, but he said uh, how like fear has a lot of firepower. And a lot of times fear will like, it feels like it's in front of us mm-hmm. and it will inhibit us. But if you like realize you're in control of your life and you can pivot that fear and have it not be in front of you, have it be behind you, yep. push you forward, yep. that's when you can get out of shit. Look, man, no. it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you saw how you feeling now. You feel settled in Maine? I feel settled in Maine, yeah. I, I only take a hesitation because like I'm not a people person. Like mm. I don't be out shaking hands, kissing babies. It's not me. Like yeah, yeah. I'd rather be in a studio or like a small group of people. Facts. But I'm finding my people. Um, I'm meeting cool people. I'm yeah. like doing music. I'm feeling it. Hell I'm yeah. liking it, man. Yeah, you definitely. Um, just in my opinion, I got, I got my my eyes on the pulse. I'd say, and um, just from what I'm seeing in the artist community, you're definitely climbing fast. It's like someone people are recognizing. Word. You know, with just the full palette of your talent. You know, from producing to singing. Like I said to your live show and your percussion. Um, like I remember, yo, like Sam, like at that Samus show. Remember that shit? Yeah. Like Samus rapped. Her motherfucking ass up. Like, Yo. When she was paneled the ground and rapping, like, I was getting, like, that's like, that's religious shit to me. Like, yeah. I'm not a very religious person in terms of, like, the traditional view of religion, but to me, like, when I need that, like, religious experience, when I want to talk to God, I go into a hip hop show. Yo. And I, like, breathe a couple times. I might have a little bit of THC in me. I don't know. Who knows about Facts. that? And then, um, I'll watch the music and I won't even listen to it with my ears. Like, I'll just, like, feel it in my whole existence. And watching Samus in that moment, like, rap and, like, almost break down and cry and, like, pound on the floor. It was one of those moments. And then that night, she was even shouted you out. Yo. And she was talking about Find Your Peace. And Dog. she was talking about some of your lyrics. And I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> he's, he's legit. If Samus Word. is talking about your shit, you're legit. Yo. So, that, mu- that must have been a beautiful feeling, man. That must have been a beautiful night. Samus is one of my favorite performers. Like, I saw her at, so, I saw her at Waking Windows two years ago. And I was like. I got to find a way to like reach out and contact her. Like I was one of those annoying ass people who stayed after the show. I was like, yo, my name is Jones. I'm a rapper. Here's my info. Listen to my stuff. I really appreciate your work. And then like two years later, I was opening up for her. I was like, do you remember me? She's like, yeah, I remember you. You were here that night and you talked to me. I was like, oh my God. Like she inspires a lot of the work that I do because she out here getting her PhD and rapping her ass off. She raps. Samus raps better than 95% of the game. Dog. Not even, like, not even, like, I'm not even just gassing shit. Like, if you look at Samus's discog and you go back, she's been dropping crazy shit for probably a decade now. And so, it's just like, yeah. I would infinitely um, recommend her shit. So, let's keep it in the 207, then. Um, what are your favorite parts of living in Maine? Yo, the summertime's here. Crack. Like, Shout it, out today's weather. Today's yo, crack weather. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Fa- like, I always make a joke, like, for the last two years... It'll be winter, and I'm like, yo, I got to go back home. Like, this winter's too long. It's too gray. It's May, and it's still 50 degrees. Like, fuck this. And then it turns that corner, and it's like 70 degrees consistently for like a mm. month and a half. And you're like, yo, this ain't that bad. Yeah, man, it's hot all the way through September usually, I'm, too. Uh, yo, it's dope. What but man? Anything else? Like, you like the art scene here? Food the food scene? scene here is... What's what's some of your favorite food spots? Um, The ones you feel comfortable shouting out. I don't want to blow up any of your spots. Yo, I... Psh- 
Mm, damn. Uh, it can be hard though. It's like there's, there's so many. There's so many good spots. Uh, damn. I I don't want to. I only like. There's just so what, many. I, I can't even. Like, what cuisine? What's, what's your favorite shit to eat? I am a fat man, so I will <laughs> eat everything and anything. Yeah, like right. so. Well, the thing I love about this the food scene here is like I can go and go to Blue Rooster and I can get the tater tots. Yo, with like their falafel is bomb as hell. Yo. Falafel. Man. Yo. I love falafel. But then you can go to, like, Green Elephant, though, and get, like, good-ass vegetarian food. And, like, tofu, garlic, ginger, stir-fry. You know what? Empire. That's it. Them green beans. That is it. How, the- how crazy you get? <laughs> you get some of the illest Chinese food on the East Coast, and you walk upstairs, and there's a, there's a venue. Yo. Like, I saw Ari the Rugged Man there. I saw um, Master Ace there. Word. Like the Juice Crew. Word? Yeah, like, there's some shit up there, man. Shout out. He's a local. Well, not local. It's in Portland, but in Maine. Uh, his name is Jacob Augustine. Mm. He doesn't do hip hop. He's like a folk singer. He sings with barefoot on the stage. Got a mountain man beard. It was the most hauntingly beautiful performance mm. I'd ever seen. It was at Empire, mm. and then he just stopped showing up at places. And I, wherever he is, he is like one of my inspirations. Like I still, mm. listen, I bought all of his albums on uh, Bandcamp, and I listen to it mm. all the time. Thanks, man. So hopefully he comes back out the woodworks, you know. He's somewhere up in the mountains in Maine, boy. He's somewhere, but well, I hope he's well. Yeah, we hope you well, man. Come, come back out. Come make that music, and let's talk about Maine. And um, I hate, I hate to do it, but you have to be real. Like the negative parts. Like, what are some of the hardest and bad parts about living in Maine for you? Dog, be real about anything too. So. There ain't no black people here. And I don't want to say there's no black people no, here. I know what you mean. The, the, the fucking demographics don't Yeah, lie. like, there ain't no black people here. And then, as a, like, so what a lot of people don't understand is, like, there is a difference between black people and people from Africa. And, like, I don't want to say, like, uh, culturally, mm. there is an American experience that an African-American experiences growing up going to different establishments going through the school system here that is different if you are just migrating to the united states the cultural touchstones the religious element the language barrier everything's different right so we may have the same skin color which a lot of people like all lump black people all into one like big thing but it's not so like don't do that please don't do that because it's you'll play yourself yeah but like so I can see other black people, but I can't communicate and feel the same kind of way mm. with those other black people mm. because they are not in speaking the same kind of cultural language that I am. Mm. And so it feels very alienating because I could be like bumping some old ass UGK and like motherfuckers looking at me like, turn that shit down. Because mm. that's not what they the grew culture, up. Yeah. yeah, that's not what they grew up on. Mm. So it's it's real isolating at times because like, even if you do see people that look like, uh, nah, all right, cool, bet. Mm. And so... That's the tough part. And then winter, man. Winter's tough, man. It's just, uh, that's the unfortunate part. I had Shane Rise up in here, and he um, is a quarter Ecuadorian, I believe. So he's always had Spanish-speaking people, like, growing up. And he's always been, you know, from just non-100% white families, although he does look more Caucasian. So he was even just saying how the racism in Maine and how just kind of like the uh, uh, alienation of, you know, minorities and just people who, you know, aren't the status quo is just this ugly side. And I've felt that my whole life, too. It's just like... I don't know why the fuck people think it's okay to even, like, joke about that shit. And there's definitely, like, a era of ignorance and a culture of ignorance around it. Like, you know, we grew up in this culture where, like, you know, we all watch, like, Longest Yard growing up and, like, you know, the stupid movies where it's, like, they have racist humor in it. Mm-hmm. But 
that still doesn't make it okay as like a you know a seventeen year old privileged white kid to make fucking racist jokes or like even just say stupid like off the cuff shit like to a friend like that's just one thing I've really had um hard times coming to grip with in this state is that there's so much problematic behavior. I say this once and I say it if I say it once I say it a million times like America does not understand how special this place could be if it just got over the racism shit because like. The fact that you can have bomb ass like Chinese food and then speak to somebody who is fresh off the boat and then also talk to somebody who's from Appalachia and also talk to somebody who's been in Maine since forever and then like have native like that don't happen everywhere. It doesn't. We're and very the, lucky. The ability to have those kind of cross cultural conversations can make your world better. Mm. And all you gotta do is not be an asshole. Facts, man. That's weird, right? That's like just don't be an asshole. That's like, it's the people who have the most privilege and the most, like, luck and wealth on their side somehow are often the biggest assholes, too. I just don't fucking get it. Like, it kind of makes me down, so I don't want to think about it too, too much. But at the same time, we have to, like, because that's, like, that's the real shit. Like, you like you can't turn that shit off. Like, no. you're going to leave this my apartment, and it's, like, on some real shit. Like, you're going to leave my apartment, and you'll be a black man still. Like, I'm, I'm a white dude who's aware of this shit, but, like, it doesn't affect me directly. And so that's why I always try and think of it in my head, like, every fucking day, like, how the world is. And that I have to, like try to be an ally. I can't call myself an ally, yeah. you know, but I want to be yeah. an ally. And I have to, like, show that by being, like, fuck any kind of racist, to toxic behavior. And we got to call this shit ASAP. And it's just, I mean, you don't have to, we don't have a huge tangent on it, but because hip-hop was created by black people in black culture, and because I am a white dude in this culture, I always have to just say, like, I have to check myself. Respect. And I think we all, like, anyone that looks like me, we just all got to, I mean, in general, every human should check themselves, right? Respect, in, yeah. And in America, where we have this completely imbalanced, racist um, culture behind a lot of, I mean, just look at the motherfucking president and what's going on right now. You got to, white people just got to check ourselves a little bit more. And, you know, that might cause some people to be a little angry, but I don't give a fuck, because that's the, that's the truth. And yeah. that's what I believe. Look, it's real easy to look at the way things are and think that they are this way because that's how, like, you're special in some kind of way. But, like, there is systematic reasons why those who are in power are in power and those who have money have money and those who don't, don't. Like, and so even, look, I'm not faking the funk. Like, I'm middle class as fuck. I am better off than a lot of people, including some white people, and I recognize that. But at the end of the day, if you are a poor white man and get rich, you are now a rich white man, which is the greatest thing yeah. to be in the world. It's like you can do anything, really, in this country. As a poor black man, if I get rich, I am still a black man. Some real shit, man. <laughs> so, Some real shit, yo. But anyways, yeah, yeah. I don't I mean that. No, no, that's why, like, but like, like I said, like, I wouldn't be here without all, all this shit, so it's just important to talk about it, you know? Like, like you said, there's like, it's a systematic thing. It's not just like, oh, it's a little unbalanced. It's like, no, it's Jerry Mandel. <laughs> no, like, Ronald Reagan was like, oh, you got Coke? You cool. Oh, you got Crack Rock? See you later. So it's just kind of like, yeah. shit ain't cool, man. Yeah. Shit ain't cool. Hey, the fact and, that you recognize that is appreciated. Yeah, so. I'm just trying to like, I don't ever want to be like that cool white dude who like is cool with all the brothers and the sisters. Like, I want to try every fucking day to like be better at it and like have my, my friends and my family better at it just because it's like, it's not something I want to put on a fucking resume or, like, you know, a street certificate. Like, I just want to be a part of a culture that's hopefully helping shit more. Respect. So that's just kind of, yeah, that's just where I'm on that. And that's enough about me. It's not about me. Um, Give love and you're going to get it. Yeah. That's all how it is. Love, so. man. Love. Um, damn. Well, let's keep, let's keep on some real shit. Um, I love the line you say on, on uh, Find Your Peace. I'm the only brother in the building. Yeah. Are you really the only brother at your work? At your work? 
Uh, that was I. I, I don't. I don't mind talking about this. I was working up in F- F- Freeport. I don't know. I I don't really know Maine that well. Um, um, but it was like a building of 200, 300 people. And like, it was when Philando Castile was murdered. Like, and I was shocked. There was video and everything like that. And all of the people on my social media were like outraged and hurt. And I came into work. And it was just like Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants like, donuts? Fuck. <laughs> Yo. Dude, I, I can't even think of... <sighs> this, I, I got fucking goosebumps straight up thinking about that, man. I hate that shit. Like, dog, but the crazy thing is we live in the same country. We we watch the same news. We, we got the same fucking we, app. Exactly. How can it be that different from one person's experience to another that I'm hurting? Like, damn, this really can happen to me in America. He's like on the fucking ground doing nothing. Look. And they shoot him in his fucking chest. All I'm saying is... This can happen in America, and I can see it. And you just like, so did you watch The Bachelor? Like, the fucking Bachelor? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, dog. Oh, man. So that's kind of the, the, that's what happened behind that. And I don't mean to shit on any place because, I mean, this state is 99% white. So, like, yeah. no, I talk, can't, talk your shit, though. I can't be mad that I'm the only brother in the bill, but, like, it feels sickening when, like, shit like that happens. Well, I'm looking yeah. around, like, yo, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody it's, knows. Like, it's like, you're a good dude. You're a real dude. And I think it's important that people hear these perspectives because if there's 100 people in a room and 99 of them are white, they're going to fucking control the conversation. I hate to say that shit, but they're going to control the conversation. And the one brother, with one sister and they're like they have a fucking opinion too and they have a perspective too and more times than not they've gone through more real shit in their life not that like if you're black you've automatically like gone through more shit because again like i don't want to ever put any race any culture like in one lane right but we know what the history of this country is man like, hey we know like what the fuck is going on i mean these you and i know so it's like shit is different for people man and i just love to you for sharing that perspective because i think like, one person sharing that perspective can teach a hundred other people who don't know what that perspective is. Right. And that shit is so important to me. So, love to just you using your voice, man. Thank you, man. Um, Yeah, man. Because, like we just said, it's it being... A, like, I'm not... I will never fucking know. But you saying, like, being black in America must be pretty fucking scary sometimes. So. Yo. <laughs> I mean, we don't even have to go down that dark road. Yo, man. yeah. It's, hey, man. It's... <laughs> There's some evils out there, so stay woke. <laughs> Don't be a fucking dick. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, anything else you want to say on that topic? Because I have more lighthearted. No, not lighthearted, but I have more, less, like, heavy, real shit um, than that coming up. So if you look, have anything else you want to talk about on this topic, please. But nah, if not, I'm good. Cool. Yeah. Just be an ally and don't be a dick. Yeah. That's it. Um, Ask questions. That's the number one thing. Like, nobody expects you to know everything, but, like... If somebody calls you out on something, have the humility to go, you know what? I don't know everything. Can you help me learn? Mm. That's the first step. It don't matter. Black, white, purple, yellow, whatever. Mm. Be willing to learn from other people's experience. That's all I'm saying. That's real. That's real. All right. I'm really pumped for this question. I hope I'm not getting too excited because there's an artist that I found in high school that I really loved. He was pretty... um, underground not that big even like the recording quality wasn't the most polished but in his bars i was like fuck this guy's got some shit um and i actually saw like your name come up when i looked your name up with him so i was like what the fuck so i'm gonna say three words Mm -hmm. i'm either gonna let myself and everyone down or it's gonna be a crazy crazy little connection here what are the words fuse the holy shit (laughs) that's my brother uh fuse the mc is my brother uh we met at howard um 
And I was releasing a mixtape called Freshman 15. If you can find that mixtape anywhere, good on you, because I don't know if it's anywhere that you can download it. Um, and I did a song called Freshman Affair, and I put it out there for other people to hop on, and he jumped on it. And since then, we were in the same dorm. No fucking way. We, yo, we stayed up till four o'clock in the morning every night just making no music. Shit, yo. That's See, my brother. You and Fuse are tight. I found Fuse back in fucking. I didn't want to say it was. I want to say it might have been senior year of high school or freshman year of college. And there's a freestyle that dude did over this blue um, track called Morning. <laughs> yup. And I know he was it. like. Something about being a rapper with an asterisk, and I was like, "What the fuck, dude? This guy is too clean." Like, you know, when you hear someone's like, "Oh my god, there he is!" Uh, just Plain Jones just showed me his phone contact, and there was Fuse the MC in it. So I'm very happy that this <laughs> is happening because this is blowing my mind, yo. Because I'm not even just saying this shit to like gas anyone up. Like, Fuse the MC had one of the most underrated pen games I think in the game on his come up, um, and. I haven't seen much about him anymore because he went. Did he go to Lance as a genius? Like I saw that. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's he's yeah. working on some stuff. We we we're actually. He just hit me up. I'm producing some stuff for him right now. Oh, His last two dude. projects, I did. I'd say eighty five percent of the production on. I gotta go back and find some of the shit. Like I said, it's been a minute since I listened to this guy. But God damn, word! Uh, you I, did some I, research. Yeah, man. I remember. Um, well, because I remember the track "I Won't." Yeah. Like it has the Adele sample. Yeah. And um. Dude, there's a fucking line from Fuse MC, and he's talking about how, like, a lot of people in the game, in the mainstream culture of the game today, unfortunately, to a lot of people who kind of control, like, the majority population of hip-hop listeners, he was saying how if you say, like, the word Dougie to them, they're going to say the dance, but to him, he was just fresh, yeah. meaning Dougie yeah. fresh, the, like, most incredible beatboxer ever, Lottie Dottie, all that shit from the 80s of Slick Rick, but you say Dougie now, people are going to, like, think of that other song, so yeah. I remember just... Hearing this guy, I'm like, this guy's legit. Yeah. And then he had that fucking uh, the Noble Black Society tape. Yeah, no BS. Like, that has the the boom back boom back clap, right? Yeah. And then I see just playing Jones on it. So when I so I play basketball with uh, Ben's been dead and Be All and a couple of the people, um, and their management and some other really cool peeps. And uh, Jones came one day, and I remember like Ben's been dead was like. Do you know this guy just playing Jones? I'm like, I know that fucking name somewhere. <laughs> but you know why? It's because it's from Fuse the MC, produced by Just Playing Jones. I knew I heard that shit somewhere in the back of my mind. So when I went and did my research for this podcast, when I found that you're the same Just Playing Jones, yeah. and in my living room, like shit blows my mind. Cause wow. I'll have to show you. I'll have to show you after the podcast. But I have Fuse the MC mixtapes on my iPod Classic. Yo. So y'all can't even talk. Like, I got fucking receipts wow. to show this shit. Wow. So word, that's I'm, dope. I'm just pumped that you know Fuse, cause like I remember, I remember hearing that freestyle over that. I gotta just look at Fuse, Fuse the MC, morning. I'm just pumped that you listen to that shit, cause boy, no, I, no, dude, no one, ain't nobody listening to that. Like that, like I feel like that's local DMV shit, right? Pretty much. I I don't know, like so Fuse always had a online presence. And so, like, we just make shit for fun and then put it out and never know the impact of the shit that we made. Yeah. I mean, That's wild. Think about it. You touch me. I'm up here, man. Wow. Like, wow. I'm going to have to call him after call this. Call him up. Link him up. Actually, yo, I might have to actually. Let him up. Hold yo. On, Let hold him on. know his. Let me see. Give him some inspiration. Hold on. Up. I'm, like, legit. Let's see, because... I was just talking about going out to Oakland. And, okay, his phone's off. <laughs> right. He's just um, trying to call him, but his phone's off, so we good. But. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was about to go out to Oakland and 
work with him on his new album. Damn. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Word. Well, All right. Let him know, like, it doesn't go unnoticed. Like, if I'm going to gas myself up, I might make the illest and only, like, hip-hop brand ever in Maine from, like, a blog media perspective. Um, and what got me into this was finding artists and having those magical relationships with them. Like, I'm the only kid in the whole fucking state. Like, I got to back you. I got to back you yeah. for that shit. Man, love I got to back you for that yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's ill. So, um, yeah, like, just finding those artists were like, I think I might be the only kid in the state that was playing him. Word. So it's just like, when I find that shit, and I'm like, dude, people have to know about this. Word. Like, if I'm going to be, like, the, the channel, like, if I'm going to be the Panama Canal that lets people come into the music of Fusing MC, I want to do that. Word. So then I found more artists like that, and more artists like that, and more artists like that. And then I'm like, I just got to start a fucking blog. Yeah. So shout out Fusing MC for being one of the first artists yeah, that yeah. really got me into that mindset of you have to put people on if they don't know. And if you're like, who's this dude? Look up Fuse the MC, Phantom of Black Music. That's the first track I found from him. It's like a two-minute freestyle. It's like some real, just unique, dope, from the soul hip-hop. Um, dude has a cool-ass voice and a good ear for beats, too. Noble Black Society. Noble What's Black up with Society? you? <laughs> ah, Yo. I thought you weren't thinking that shit was Oh, no, nah, dog. Alright, word. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I'm pumped, man. I'm real pumped. <laughs> I was like, there's no way there's another just playing Jones nah, from the DMV. Nah, that's yo, wow. Alright, bet. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Hell yeah, man. I'm that's like I'm cheesing right now. Yo, that made my day, though. <laughs> <laughs> yo. We both cheesing. Oh cool, man. man. Yeah, word. Well, let's keep it going then with the uh the goodness. Let's um get into the rapid fire questions. One of my favorite things to do is let's kinda do just it. hit you with some rapid fire. Cause we got a lot of good ground cover, man. Like, just so you know, I'm thinking do a little rapid fire, kind of talk about Fogwa, the new project. Let's do it. That's what, promoting Just Plain Jones' new EP. Yes. It's incredible. I'm not just saying that. I, I believe that shit. I appreciate that. And I want to talk about that and then kind of just talk about the future. But let's uh do rapid fire. Word. People love that shit. Let's do it. Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors, but I rarely get outdoors. Favorite color? Black. Favorite jazz musician? Mmm, Chris Daddy Daves. Mm. Late, but Chris Daddy Daves. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the drum heads? He's, yep. He's the drummer. Yeah. He, yeah. I think he worked in some pack a couple times. He's that's, worked with that's everybody. That's why I got into him. He's mm-hmm. really, really good. Yep. Favorite late night snack? Uh, lime popsicles. Ooh, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially for summertime, man. I, yep. got, I gotta give me some <laughs> some pot. <laughs> like those Welch's ones that have a little like fruit seeds. Yup, <laughs> there you go. Um, this I'm hoping, but if you haven't, it's cool. This might be a pretty easy one because you're from the DMV. Yeah. Uh, Wire or Sopranos? Wire. Have you watched all the Wire? Yes. We talking Wire then? <clears throat> Not right now, but we'll have a couple <laughs> Wire questions. Like, I got the box in too, right there. Yes. Yeah, I got the whole Wire Blu-ray box. Come set. on, dog. Shout out the Wire. It's the most important TV show. They should have semester-long uh, classes in every public school where you watch the Wire in full and you see about all the socio-economic, political, all uh, racial, all the shit that happens in this country. Yo, I like this guy. <laughs> I like <it>. Yo, <laughs> yo. Shout out the Wire, yeah, man. Change yeah. my fucking life. Okay. We here. A man's got to have a code. You we, know? Here. <laughs> we here. We here. We here. If you could do a collab album with any two artists, like make a little mini super group, mm. who would it be? Mm. Damn, that's a tough one. Um, no Name and uh, Boss. Oh, a little Dreamville. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Chicago. Just a little bit. And I would be the producer. I wouldn't even rap. I just want to make beats. That'd be nasty, though. Yo. Because Milky Way, I got Milky Way in the, in the other room um, on CD. Milky Way, like, from Boss, just really, mm. I think, elevated him. Mm-hmm. I put Tribe in my top five songs of last year, bro. 
like Tribe but him and J. Cole was like one yeah. of those like classic to me like back and forth beautiful yeah. tracks that like is gonna be timeless yeah like there's so much music right now and there's a saturation of it to a degree that not a lot of people can like see the timelessness of a lot of shit yeah but like there's gonna be some kids in 2050 finding Tribe and being like who the fuck is this? And they're gonna go find my my homie just made bail yeah. by Boss and Jake. Yeah. Well, it's called my N word, but I'm not gonna say that. So appreciate you. <laughs> when you said my homie, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh okay, uh, got uh, you. <laughs> I gotta be a little coded sometimes. I and get then, it. Um, uh, they're gonna go back and find like you know um, too high to riot. Yo, okay, this is this is some crazy shit. Off the cuff from the rapid fire, I met Boss at the UNH liquor store parking lot and dapped him up and had like a powwow with him and his homies. Word. Um, it was uh, my senior year of college. Future, Boss, and Cousin Stiz were playing at UNH. Future? Future. Like, this is right after, uh, oh, what's that shit they did? What a Time to Be Alive came out. Word. So I'm, like, seeing pretty peak Future. Like, yeah. this is the summer after DS2. Yeah. And, um, like, beat, like, like, and my homie, like, would get really high. And he would play, <laughs> he would play Beast Mode. And what's that one with, uh, uh, is it like 56 Nights or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, was, well, March Madness. March, yeah, there was the, like a stretch where just like Future was putting out tapes. Yo. And um, we went and saw him live, and Boss was the second person. And I remember walking back to my uh, friend's place, and I see the DJ for Boss chilling. And I'm like, I know you, and I'm a little saucy. We had some, I don't drink Hennessy really, but if, I, if I'm going to go to like a live show every now and then, I'm going to drink a little Hennessy. So we had some blondes and Hennessy going, so you know, I was feeling a little different. Hey, man. And, that's uh, a dangerous combination. Yeah, that's <laughs> too dangerous, man, especially if you saw Future. And um, I remember seeing this guy, so I'm all hyped up, and I'm like, shit, you're the DJ. Like, mad love, mad respect. Like, this is even before, like, I'm still in college, so I hadn't even started my blog or anything yet or my brand. And then I look and I see like three people chilling up in the parking lot, like on like the cars. And like, you know, when someone's, you know, when you know when you have four people hanging out in a parking lot and someone's sitting on someone's trunk, like, you know, those, those are real dudes. Yeah. They're just chilling. Yeah. So they come up and I'm like, what's well, motherfucking boss? And I was like, so this was in May, I think. And, um, two out of riot came out in March 26th. Damn, you I knew think. boss back when fucking yeah. then? I think two out of riot came out in, tw- in March 2016. Let's, let's see what if I know what I'm talking about. Two out of riot by boss came out. March 4th, 2016. So, Yo. This was May 2016. Okay, I respect maybe it. Maybe April. And um, I remember I just met Boss, you know, it's like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, hip-hop's really been powerful for me. Like, the first time I saw uh, Jesus Walks, and I was like fucking 10 years old by Kanye. I was like on my couch in my living room. Like, changed my life. I was like shouting out like Pharrell Monch. And like, I was spitting old, um, you, you a J. Cole fan? Yeah. You know the Water Break Freestyle? You ever heard that? He's like... I bet you never see me coming like a blind bitch, you fucking from behind. Yeah, I know the line. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know yeah. the name of the song. I was just yeah. like talking about shit like that. I was just like quoting the old J. Cole freestyles. I'm like, just to see, like, I came up with J. Cole. To see you now coming up. I remember I even told him, like, too high to ride, man. It's one of like, my favorite albums of the year. And he was like, thank you. And it's just like, I remember they were walking away. And one of, this is like, you, this is shit that make you cry straight up. I'm like with my friends and I'm walking. And they're with their crew and they're walking on our own paths. And one dude in the crew wasn't even boss. So the DJ looks back. He's like, don't stop chasing your dreams. On some real Dreamville shit. Word. And, like, that really impacted me heavy, man. Word. So, shout out Boss. Um, PS4 or Xbox? Oh, PS4. I've been a PlayStation since off day the, one. Off the ad, you, I'm a PS4 guy myself. Oh, so word. You already know that, Sony. You a 2K player? I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm pretty broke right now. <laughs> the most recent 2K I got is 2K17. That ain't a problem. But I'm always finna. I got all of them the since 2K. 13, so let's go. Let's link. Them. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> the first time we all met playing basketball, somebody said your name was Jetpack Jones. Yeah. And ever since then, 
Yeah. And then we corrected it. It was just plain Jones. Yeah. But ever since then, whenever I hear just plain Jones uh-huh. in the back of my mind, thinks Jetpack Jones. So my question is, is that an offensive nickname? Is, is that is that throwing shade? Because I don't want to ever say that name and have you think I'm making fun of you or anything, but I do love that name. Fuck it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not my name, but I like <laughs> but, it. Because that's it, what I mean. Like, you're always just playing Jones with me, but I want to make sure, like, I don't like ever, like, saying shit about people without them being cool with it, you know? Yeah. So whenever I, like, say Jetpack Jones, I want to make sure you're cool with that. Yo, Cause look. Because you, you're taking off shit up. You I'm... Get, Hey, that's gonna be my alter ego. Watch, I'm about to just start yes, dropping dude. some other shit. Jetpack Jones. Jet Pack Jones. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah! All right, so that's official now. That concludes the rapid fire. Word. And we killing it. We are almost an hour in, and we're kind of hitting the downward slope here. Cool. Fogwa. Am I saying I'm saying that right too? Yeah. Right? It's duck. Yeah. Why? Duck liver. Duck liver. Why'd you call the project that? Um. So. Every project I do kind of has like an ethos behind it, like a, a bigger, broader message that. Once you put all the songs together, you can like get. Mm. Um, and I was just, I don't, I was on Twitter probably or something like that. And I saw an article about like how foie gras is made. Basically, they force feed ducks and geese fucked like fucked up shit. And like they force feed them until they have like fatty liver. And if you've ever met anybody who's ever had like a fatty, like that's a terrible thing. And then to force feed a creature, like a sentient being, so they can have that, just so rich people can have like a hors d'oeuvre snack. Like, come on. I was like, that was unnecessarily cruel for something just so rich people can enjoy. Because I don't know about you, but I ain't about to go like half foie gras like. I ain't copping duck. Exactly. <laughs> like, that ain't just something I'm going to eat on the summertime on the regular. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's a cruel thing for just so rich people can enjoy things. So I'm like, that feels like the world right now. Whoa. Like, everything we look around is just like to prop up super rich people enjoying things that like not sustainable not anything that we actually need as human beings mm. like that's not bringing you true joy nah. like you could have something else that doesn't do that to yeah, some just, an, a, just fucking if you want just have a fucking steak exactly like even a steak like if you have a happy cow and the cow that like yeah. that's cool but like right. you don't need to fucking do all that mm. just to enjoy something it's like a bigger metaphor about how you know from the top down it's pretty much like how can we do whatever we want to make ourselves how can we do whatever we want to eat like how to make ourselves eat yeah but at the same time we're gonna fuck over everyone else yeah it's just like it's one thing to do something that only rich people can do mm-hmm. but to have it be like cruel like the making of it it's is cruel. Duck too. Like you have duck. access to everything else in the world facts why why do something unnecessarily cruel I like that I never would have thought I, I mean I never would have thought about that you know there's definitely like cause the music itself like I think Fogwai is hands down your best work I'm Thank not just you. saying that like the themes the choruses the production the percussion you just formed a really unique sound that I think is accessible to any fan of hip hop but at the same time has a little bit more backbone to it in terms of the message behind it and in terms of just your own personal twist to it with your percussion so um, just how do you feel having this drop now? It's, yo, it's relieved. Like, I'm so relieved because I've been making, like, if you go on my Instagram, there's videos of me making songs in, like, a year and a half ago. Mm. Oh, um, yeah, Find Your Peace came out in 2018, right? Yeah, Find Your Peace is actually one of the latest songs that I did. Like, I, like Sanctified, I went through, like, seven different versions yeah, of Sanctified. That's the first track? That's the yeah. first track. That's the intro. Yeah. Um, I went through, like, seven different versions of that. Like, I'm a perfectionist, almost to, like, a Kanye level of, like, this needs to be perfect. Yep. 
And so I've mixed all the tracks eight, nine times. Mm-hmm. I've remixed everything. Like, you still so, use Produce? Huh? You still use Produce? Nah, I use Ableton now. Ableton, hell yeah. yeah. Um, but so, like, it feels good to be able to let it go and let it out in the world. Because, like, mm-hmm. music's a conversation. So, like, I said the first part. Now I'm just sitting here waiting for everybody else to have the second part. We can have that dialogue. Mm. Um, so, Fuck yeah. From what I've seen, too, um, the reception's been pretty damn good locally. Hell yeah. How do you feel about that? Like, Because is this the first project you you can say you've kind of, like, fully dropped after kind of making a name in the scene? Because yeah. right you came out, but that was almost, like, for you. It sounds yeah. like this is more for, like, you, because music and you have a pretty tight relationship. Yeah. But it sounds like this was kind of, like, lack of a better phrase, like a coming out party almost. Yeah, no, like that's exactly what it was. Um, I've been teaching beat making like to kids in high school around here. Like I've been oh, just like yeah. networking and meeting people. Like not so much. I, my ethos is like, I know I'm not going to be famous. Like I may be famous one day, but I don't that's- I see you someone who even wants to be famous. Yeah, it's not like, I, I like eating my food. Yeah, and fuck fame, man. It, I want to get a check, but I don't want to be famous. Bingo. So like, I want like, I just kind of want to build a community where like, we can make music and people respect the art and we can be kind to one another and I can eat. And so like, I just kind of been building that around and meeting people and talking to people and like making music. And this is the first time project I put out. And people seem to fuck with it, so I'm fuck yeah. I'm happy about it. Well, that's what I wanted to get you in here because it's all about timeliness. Like yeah. I had Shane's interview for um, when he dropped "Sorry I'm Trash." Yeah, his amazing album. Yeah, that was um, so dope. That was a good ass album. I want to see you and Shane work together, man. We we, we yeah. talking. He yeah. Shane Shane is a real good. Shane dude. is cool because he's um has this dope almost like OG vibe about him. Yeah, but man. When you when you meet him, he's j- he's just like a young man. He's yeah. Very eager to learn. They're really, like young and into it, and he and he can fucking rap his ass off. Too. He can't, yo, and that's the thing, like. So, a lot of our conversation has been through, like, Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, we've met a couple of times. Yeah, so I, I didn't meet him until I interviewed him. Really? I talked to him for, like, a year. Like, him and I would just share a little, like, we're in the same area, right? Like, 10 miles apart. Yeah. We would talk about, like, dude, the night um, Story of Addy Dawn came out. Yo, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Shane hit me up, and he was like, bro, you have to hear this. I'm like, shit, I'm at a concert right now. Like, I snuck off, and, like, I think, like, I was, like, texting him. I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait to hear this shit. He was, like, gassing me up. So shout out Shane Rice for being like, you know, a digital gatekeeper for the youngins. Yeah, absolutely. And he's just, he always got a word that you need to hear him right on time. Like, he's always cool. He's always humble. He's always just like supportive. Mm. And he's down for good music. And anybody who's like willing and let's be real. The hip hop scene here is small. It's an old state. It's a real white state. It's not that many people here. So like, it's real easy to try to want to have the limelight to yourself. Yeah. Homeboy be posting about my new tracks whatever like just giving encouraging like mm. yo this is dope mm. that is a good person yeah we need more I think everyone should do that that's kind of like the the vibe I want to instill in the community absolutely so just going off him I, I had him come through for his shit um, I had one pound come through cause he was doing the uh, resample show with like goddamn Chan the homie yeah like so they were doing a bunch of ill shit too so I promoted that and um, then I had obviously Ben's but dead come in because um, he's dropping a new single soon and Exoskeleton's been still racking up so can, can, I, can, I, can I stop right there yeah I've said this to Ben multiple times, and I'm going to say this out into the public. Ben is the most talented of all of us, and he is going so far. So Mm -hmm. I want it to be known that Ben is a special dude, and if whatever you have to do, spread it to anyone else. I'll promote my own music. You can promote me if you want to. Make sure that kid is good, because he's genuine, he's talented, and he's got all the things. So... 
Anyways, I'll take Facts. some time for myself to do that because he's the homie. Facts. Ben is real, man. The thing about Ben that kind of freaks me out is he's only 22. Yeah. Yo. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, I thought he was my age. Yo. Like, he's so driven. Dog. Scared. I want to see him succeed, yeah. man. I like him because he's in the same boat as me where it's like... He's so dedicated to what he's doing, it's not even a question. Yeah. Okay, it's just his essence. You yeah. wake up, and I'm going to do this, but if I need to unwind and do nothing tonight and put the fucking interface away, hide my laptop, and just get in my bed, get cushed out, and watch Netflix, I got to do that. Yeah. And he's real as fuck. And yeah. that's why I love that dude, because he's going he's gonna to make it. Like, it's not, you know, like, there's, you know, you can tell someone's energy. I Absolutely. Mean, I don't even think about Ben, because I just know he's already set. Yeah. Like, his timeline set, you just got to keep walking down. I just, I, I, I want to see it for happen for him, because he's just a good dude, and he's driven in a way that very few people are. Mm. Like, you can tell in his music, he knows this is what he's here for. Yeah. So go do it. Chase yeah. it. Be good. Fuck you, man. And then back to you. Um, we're here to promote you, though, dude. Like the Appreciate new EP's it. out. Appreciate it. Um, where can people get it? Uh, anywhere, man. Uh, streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, all of the good stuff. I will say though, if you want to support good local music, it's on Bandcamp, JustPlainJones.com. I have it for five dollars. You can pay more. You can pay less. And that goes right to your pocket. It correct? goes right to my pocket. Say that again. That goes right to his pocket. Thank you very much. No you motherfucking labels. Thank you. And that allows me to not only continue the stuff I'm doing, but it also lets me continue teaching and be a little bit more free as far as all of the other things that I do so I can be in this music shit for real. So that's how I would ask for you to do it. But if you can't, I understand not everybody got that money, but you paid that $9 for streaming. Do your thing. Rack that up. Facts. Because at the end of the day, we're people and we need to eat and we need to sleep and we need to drink water. Yep. And if my thing is, if you get an emotional reaction out of a song or artist makes you feel better, you're kind of obligated, man. Like you're kind of obligated to cop a contract ticket. <laughs> you're kind of obligated to cop the project. Yo. Especially if it's five bucks. Yeah. What do you want to do tonight? You want to go out? You want to go drink? I don't want to go drink. Come on. Let's go. Okay. You just spent 75 fucking bucks. <laughs> yep. Overpriced drinks. Yep. First, get a 30 rack, get two pizzas, hang with the homies at the crib and have a sleepover. That's way funner. But every now and then go out too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Still, save your money. And second, don't buy that fucking cocktail. Go buy Fogua. That's what I'm saying. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yo, I like that. I'm yeah. going to chop that up. And that's going to be like the thing. Like, where can we get it? Just listen to this right here. <laughs> Straight up. That's facts, man. All right. Well, anything else you want to say about the project? Nah, the project speaks for itself, man. Like, uh, all of the tracks are... The tracks are a story about coming to a realization that you don't know everything, but the world is fucked up. You can do something about it, but just listen to that. I don't want to over-explain it. No, I don't want to, like, there, there's there's layers that I tried to build in there, and I don't want to be that guy, but, like, it speaks for itself. I hope you like it. It does. It's very, very stacked. It just has layers to it, and you got to peel it back, man. So shout out the new EP from Just Plain Jones, Fogua. Cop it on Bandcamp. Cop it on Bandcamp. <laughs> or you can stream it um, anywhere, man. And obviously, Just Plain Jones social media, you can find it there. Yep. But the whole point of him coming in today was to kind of have a backbone to talk about this too so i love the new project um thank you for listening man i no, appreciate straight it up yo it's ill shit so i appreciate it it I is real so um that's what we do for business but now for pleasure i said we had to do this we gotta talk about the wire now okay because that's my little jib. okay probably my favorite show really yeah okay so have you have you seen it in full it's yeah i've seen it in full but it's been oh Wow. So I used to watch it with my uncle. My uncle is a weird dude. Was he, is this, are you watching it back like in the DMV? Yeah. No, like this is when so like. you're in the environment that it's actually taking place in for the most part. So here's the thing. Maryland is weird. So like west of PG County, all influenced by D.C. 
Mm. I grew up in the D.C. side of Maryland. Mm. And then east of PG County, all Baltimore. That's like Chesapeake area. Right? Yeah, the like, Chesapeake area, like Del Mar, like the Bay, all of that, like Baltimore, that influences it, right? So, like, I'd say D.C. is a southern city. Mm. I'd say D.C. is the most northern southern, southern city. Mm. Baltimore is the most southern northern city. Mm. That is the biggest difference what between them. What do you mean them. by that? So Baltimore, Baltimore. If you go to Philly and you go to Baltimore, like you can feel the like the Jersey, Philly, Baltimore kind of triangle. Very similar culture, very similar lingo, very similar way. The metropolitan area. What do they call it? I don't even know what they call it because I'm never in there. But like, like it's it's a lot of the same kind of like culture, language, like club music, uh, Jersey club, Baltimore club, all of that stuff, Mm. all in that area. And while DC is different, like DC is just like DC. I don't even know what to call it. Like it's it's North Carolina mixed with a bunch of transient people coming in and working in the mm-hmm. government. Like mm-hmm. it's a different place. It's yeah. So, so you're, you're like you're you're neighboring it then. Like you're not in the Baltimore culture, but you're still in the DMV. Absolutely. I just man, the thing about the wire, dude, that I just gotta say is, it is probably the best slow burn of a show ever. Because the way it really just sucks you in, like mm-hmm. you're, you're captivated, right? Yeah. Like the first scene is the dead dude and yeah. you're talking to him. His name's Booger, stuff yeah. like that. And you're like, this is cool. And then you see more characters and you see like Bodie and um, D and all the people like you know at the towers and the pit. And it's cool. But then like you just start to really see how it all the threads tie. And then like by the end of the season, like your adrenaline's pumping because of like either scenes where like a cop got shot. And people in the streets flip the street signs around so the cops couldn't find them. And it's a real heart-pumping, like, right. intense scene. But then you see a scene where, like, this heartbreaking scene I remember is when one of the kids um, who's was an orphan, I believe, and he had a foster mother. Mm-hmm. And because he, like, got forced to cooperate with some investigation, they burned his house down. Right. And then he had to go live, like, in a group home. And he was a really good kid. And he had to adapt and become, like, a hard kid. Yeah. And, like, take away that, like, that love. And, like... There's those moments where you're just like, oh, shit, this show's intense in the, in the foreground, but in the background, it's so fucking real. So, two things. That scene about the pit, that explains so much without telling you. Like, that is where I learned a lot of storytelling from. Like, where you can display and have people come to realizations without actually, like, force-feeding them what it's the supposed chest, to mean. Scene, Yo, my favorite scene in the entire series is the Home Depot scene with Snoop. The nail gun? Yo. That scene encompasses so much about not only storytelling, but acting and, like, being able to put a scene together. Because, like, on its face, it's real innocent. Like, they come in, the white guy comes in, talk, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, like, the beats of the scene seem like, okay, so what's the point of this? But as Snoop breaks down, like, okay, cool. And then you, like, walk back to the car. It's just... Well, even like, oh, man, the way she doesn't she pay the dude like in cash and it's like yeah. no 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 you handle this like they don't even go to the register <laughs> yeah like, like this, this I want to I want to because I'm I'm telling so many people like to watch it like I don't want to yeah like, spoil we're it. not gonna spoil too much yeah. but there's a scene where this is like right from the streets like they they the the showrunners found on um, this actress in Baltimore yes like, she's from Snoop's legit from the streets like don't ever question <laughs> Snoop's street cred and uh, in the show Snoop is uh pretty much like a hitman and she uh goes to buy a nail gun and you know usually in you know the racial um climate of this country if you have a couple brothers and sisters in a home depot kind of being loud buying a nail gun you know of course you know old betty's gonna give him a look or like someone might start like you know saying they're like be disturbing or some shit 
that's the fucked up culture we live in, right? right. But what culture? I mean, what what color speaks the most in this country at the end of the day? Green, Green right? So <laughs> Snoop has his fucking nail gun, and she's gonna go and purchase it. It's probably like eight hundred fifty bucks. She gives this old like you know. Poindexter white dude uh, I think she gives him like a stack right? she gives him a thousand yeah she gives bucks. him a thousand bucks doesn't even go to the register doesn't even do shit she's like here you go you fix it you are no you earned it like he was breaking down all yeah. the differences between nail guns yes, yeah. and he's like no 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 here you go uh, it's only $600 we can handle it at the, at the register he's like no 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 here you go you earned it hands him a stack and then walks out yeah. like yo this is like the, uh, the my favorite line is like She's like, he said this is a Cadillac of nail guns. He meant Lexus. He ain't know it. And like, <laughs> the idea is just like, she knew exactly what she was looking for. Yep. He didn't know it. It's just the exchange, the dichotomy between it. Just how like, do you think if it was like a $5 item, he would have let her do that? Of course not. No, but since it's a stack, he's like, oh, okay. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, it's just funny how like, dude, like you said, this, the language of the wire is universal. So that was my little wire rant just because... That show really changed my life. Yeah. And from, like you said, the, the way it tells a story and then, like, the story it's telling at the same time yep. are just two amazing things. And, um, yeah, just shout out The Wire, man. Like, I don't even know if I would uh, think the way I think if I didn't watch that show when I was in college. Yo, like, I, the craziest thing about The Wire to me is, like, you can pick that story up and you can put it in Chicago. You can put it in Detroit. You can put it in, like, any city because, like, not only... Are the levels of government corrupt? But the streets are corrupt. There's different codes. There's different ways that the whole ecosystem interacts with one another. And like, America is built on a bunch of cities just like Baltimore. Especially so, like they're the forgotten cities. Like, yeah, you have your Houston's that is bubbling up. You have your Los Angeles. You have your New Yorks. You have all of like the bigger cities. But like those cities that were your industrial cities, your Pittsburghs, your like. They're dying slowly. The real, like, working... Working class, class yeah. cities. And, like, this is the story of a working class city. So, it's... Yo, The Wire is... The Wire is just transcendent. Yo. Man. Shout out The Wire. Yeah. Uh, I'm mad, because if I... I like to freestyle rap, but I don't really, like, ever take, uh, like, studio shit that seriously. It's just yeah. more, like, a fun... Like, like expression. Like, yeah. Um, just the kind of thing I like to do. And I was gonna take the uh, sample of Lester when he's like, you follow the money... And you have no idea where the fuck it's gonna go. Yeah, I was gonna put that on the track just as a little joke because like, I feel like you know money really is the yeah. universal currency of this country. Freddie Gibbs took it though. Where? And <laughs> yeah. a track um, yeah. on the Shadow of a Doubt album called "Fucking Up the Count" because you know when they're like, he's like, "How can you? You can't do math, but you can remember the count." And he's like, yeah. "The count wrong. They're gonna fuck you up." Yeah. Like, the teacher's not gonna beat me up in behind a brick wall if I, you know, don't remember what the square root of twenty five is. But if I'm singing <laughs> and I don't have the right count at the end of the day and I'm short. I'm gonna go home with some black eyes, maybe, and it's just like, what, what do you think's gonna remember? So Freddie Gibbs put a Freddie Gibbs put a couple. I mean, Freddie Gibbs is in my top five of the 2010s. That's a whole different decade, like Ooh, a whole different. Like, really? Yeah, oh, like, we gonna have to talk yeah, about that. We can get we got a whole different. Well, I mean, if I'll just say this right now, at any given day I can switch, but I got Kendrick, Fred, Freddie Gibbs, Earl Sweatshirt, Joey Badass, and um, oh, motherfucker, who's number five? Now I'm slipping. Sometimes it's Danny. Sometimes it's Mick Jenkins. Why can't I think of number five, dude? Gibbs, Kendrick, Joey, Earl. I'm taking L's right now. No, I Mick. Yeah, Mick might yeah. be Mick. Mick Jenkins is probably in there too. Well, because I had like a top ten I had for a minute, but um, it was there was someone I'm really forgetting. Um, Freddie Gibbs, Kendrick, obviously Earl. I think is incredible. 
Joey, I think, is incredible. Yeah, I guess Mick. Yeah, I guess that'd be my top five right now. I know there's someone I'm forgetting. I can peep my phone. Vince up. Staples? Vince is in my top um, from the West Coast. From the West Coast? Yeah. Dog. Vince is in my top three of the uh, 2010s. Oh, shit. Hold Dog. Um, I'd say Vince is in my top 20. Some, really? Yeah, I mean, I like Vince, but it's just tough because um, he uh, also is um, more... I think he does a good changing style album to album so mm -hmm. i think he's really about like i think he's like an album guy almost you know for me yeah um he's not someone who puts out a lot of like loose music i'm just like like yeah shit. yeah that's like kind of my style i mean it's tough like, okay no I, I mean everybody got yeah. their own yeah. i think it's all when an album drops um pause too i just realized that uh our photographer was supposed to be here at 12 o'clock and it's 12 40 <laughs> and um he texted me 35 minutes ago saying just pulled up so uh let's wrap this up really yeah i took an l real quick but yeah um Hip hop's amazing. Your top five can be your top five. Shout out Freddie Gibbs. Shout out Vince Staples. Really, I got kind of like caught up in a moment because I was looking at my phone. I'd probably put Vince um, a little bit higher. I think if I'm doing West Coast, Earl, Vince, Kendrick, Absol. Interesting. Ah, Absol is dry. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk. We're, <laughs> we're going to have some off-camera grown men's conversations. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Last three questions. How important is message in your music? Oh, it's critical. Cause without that, it what are you doing it for? Like, like I said before, it's a conversation. Don't nobody want to have their time wasted. Like, I get it. We want to dance. What you dance for is what you dance for. But like at the end of the day, if you're trying to focus and trying to concentrate and try to have this this dialogue about humanity and what we're doing, it's got to have something in it. Mm, respect. And then going forward, what are your plans for the rest of the year? Oh, uh, I'll make it a beat tape. Um, I'm done. I'm done rapping for a little bit. Producer just playing Jones. Coming yeah, through. yeah. I'm gonna make a beat tape. That's uh, I've been feeling it. I'm just trying to cultivate just all the ways that I do music, um, all the ways that I like can interact with the community. Mm. So mm. a beat tape, and then I think I'll probably do another project. Excuse cool. me. Um, by early next year. Hell yeah! You know I'm gonna be look, uh, looking forward to it and listening to all that shit. I'll be promoting the fuck out of it. And send me whatever you want to hear, man. Appreciate um, you. And then, this is the last question I ask everybody. Unless you have anything else you want to say. Where will Just Plain Jones be a year from now? Um, I will be the same place I always am. Trying to learn something new. Wherever mm -hmm. that is, location-wise, I don't know. But, like, I'm always on the mission to learn something new some of the realest shit I think when you stay young and you stay hungry and realize you can always learn more and treat like every day as like day one yep. you're almost untouchable it's like that Bruce Lee mentality of being like water you know Yep. Like you just gotta adapt and do anything and I think that really starts with being a learner Yeah. so this has been incredible man um, mad love to you coming through mad yeah. love talking this about the wire mad fun. Fuse MC, this has been mad fun everything yo like this has been ill so uh I gotta make sure my photographer isn't out in the streets getting shaken down because <laughs> he's been out there for 30 minutes. So um, thank you for listening. This has been incredible. Go Cop, um, Fogua EP on Bandcamp. I've probably been saying that wrong because my French is shitty, but Fogua. Am I saying that right? I don't Fogua. speak French. <laughs> you got it. Je m'appelle Fogua. There we go. Uh, yeah, man. Hey, and just remember, everything you see on the internet's fake, so don't try to live up to expectations that aren't real. Yeah, man. Be yourself because there's only one of you. Mad love. Thanks again to Just Plain Jones. Get the new EP, Fogwa. It's incredible music. And it's 207 till we fucking die. Yo. Thanks again to the homie Just Plain Jones for rolling through to Benny's crib. Make sure to catch his new EP, Fogwa, out everywhere now. 
And make sure to also catch him live at Sun Tiki this upcoming Saturday, June 22nd, with Jaw Gems and some other great acts. As always, support the real and keep it safe. Love to all. Benny P out. Ryan Beat, Main Hip Hop, and be a good person, y'all. Peace.